I have a love-hate relationship with Robert Plant. There, I said it. It's the first sentence of my new podcast, and almost every single word is entirely untrue. First of all, I have no relationship whatsoever with Robert Plant, and he being where he is at this point in his life, and me being where I am at this point in my life, I don't foresee that changing. I certainly don't hate the man, though. I bought every Led Zeppelin record, some of them three times, if you count the box sets and those remasterings that Jimmy Page released a few years ago. I have most of his solo records, too, and the few that I don't have, I've been able to listen to in this age of Spotify. I saw Robert with his band, the Sensational Shapeshifters, a few years ago. And before they even played, I'd already bought a t-shirt, and I almost never do that. But this was Robert Plant. This was an icon, and I felt like I needed a piece of cotton-slash-polyester memorabilia to mark the occasion. But I don't really love Robert Plant either. I like him, but... And I like him, but is the theme for this first episode of Well Disguised. So who is Robert Plant? Well, if you don't know, thank you for downloading this podcast, but you can go ahead and delete or back out at this point. I appreciate it, but this is probably not going to be the show for you. Otherwise, of course, you know Robert Plant is the lead singer of the great Led Zeppelin and as a person who's had a solo career that's gone through many stages over the past four decades or so. He is the archetype hard rock heavy metal frontman. At the risk of kind of a paradox, I'm not saying he's the only archetype. Certainly Mick Jagger and his voice and dress and moves and looks is archetypal too. But Robert Plant seems the most archetypal. He famously said, I am a golden god when photographed by Carly Simon's brother Peter on the balcony at the Continental Hyatt House along the Sunset Strip in Los Angeles. The Continental Hyatt House, that hotel frequently called the Riot House, for the wild parties that bands like Led Zeppelin would have there. That line was repeated by Billy Crudup's character in the movie Almost Famous, itself based on Cameron Crowe's teenage years writing for Rolling Stone, where he covered, among many other bands, Led Zeppelin. But while I'm a golden god in the movie, and probably as Robert said, it was kind of self-important and arrogant, he is the golden god. No one seemed to stand taller sing higher, and be truer than Robert Plant. But Robert Plant grew up, and I didn't. Not really, not musically anyway. I said earlier that his career's gone through stages, and that's completely true. Early solo Robert Plant is experimental, new agey in spots. Later, his solo career became more comfortably in the rock vein, though not usually as aggressively bombastic as Zepp was at times. After two records in the 90s with his old running mate, Jimmy Page, the second of those especially more subdued, Robert's solo career has gotten crunchier, 
more folk and world music influences. But maybe it was hidden that way from a young age, even before his Golden God comment. Jan Ulzeski, co-founder of the legendary magazine Cream, profiled Led Zeppelin III in another magazine, issue 198 of Classic Rock. Here's an aside. Classic Rock is incredibly influential to this podcast, and the term Classic Rock is no longer really chronological in nature. It doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden listening to the Steve Miller Band. Classic Rock is descriptive of a sound of music, a kind of music, and it covers not only what we may conventionally think as classic rock, but certainly new releases by bands that are inspired by classic rock, as well as punk and funk and heavy metal and blues rock and several other genres. Anyway, I digress. After the bluesy explosion of Led Zeppelin I and the electric masterpiece that is Led Zeppelin II, the band came out with the far more acoustic and heartfelt Led Zeppelin III. Of course, I'm not counting the Viking plunder of Immigrant Song, which leads off the album. Olszewski writes about the ballad, That's the Way, in the article I mentioned. Now, let me say, That's the Way is a tremendous song. It may be about growing up. It may be about classism or racism. It may even be about homosexuality. Personally, I think it's about nature and the environment mostly, with a little of that classism added as an aside. But one can see it has maybe many different meanings. One of the lines that Robert wrote and sang in the song goes as follows. And yesterday I saw you kissing tiny flowers, but all that lives is born to die. And so I say to you that nothing really matters, and all you do is stand and cry. Ulzeski writes that on Led Zeppelin III, Plant was no longer forced to simply beat his chest and crow about the size of his knob. And when discussing That's the Way, the song, she writes that, Lord knows it's a far cry from I'm going to give you every inch of my love. Even Plant himself is quoted as saying that the album Led Zeppelin III was, and I quote, incredibly important for my dignity. And that's fine, I suppose. But even at my age, while I like That's the Way, it's not what I like best. I'm 44. I have a respectable haircut. I have a family that I love and a good job. But the plant that I like best is still talking about raiders sacking cities. And those raiders come from the land of ice and snow. He's talking about squeezing lemon juice. He's making Lord of the Rings references long before Ronnie James Dio kind of took over that. Plant seems to have grown up. And I'm not entirely sure that I did. And that's why I have this not-love-not-hate relationship with him. If this podcast were more successful than my wildest dreams, maybe someday I might even have the opportunity to interview Robert Plant. And if I did, I'd ask him some version of this hypothetical question. I'd say something like, Robert, I, ha I have this friend who's a lead singer, and he's got this opportunity to be in a really great rock band. And you might not believe this, but the guitar player for this band is going to be Jimmy Page. And the bass player is going to be John Paul Jones. And John Paul Jones, you know, could probably play several other instruments too. They don't have a drummer yet. Now, here's the thing. There is a very obvious contender who maybe could be that drummer. But look, I think the singer, if they wanted to come in and suggest someone else, they would have the power just by coming in to, to get whatever drummer they really wanted. And here's the thing about this band. This band is going to make a ton of money. And they're going to play to big audiences all over the world. Why would my friend not want to do this? 
Now, I'm not a genius, and I'm sure you can see that little clever trap I'm trying to lay for Robert Plant there. I'm sure he'd have a good answer for it. Writer, critic, and now podcaster Chuck Klosterman interviewed Robert Plant for Spin Magazine. That interview was collected in his book, Chuck Klosterman 4, itself almost surely a nod to Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, and other Roman numeral-inspired bands. Klosterman later told Bill Simmons in an interview that Donald Fagan of Steely Dan and Robert Plant were probably the smartest rock musicians he had ever met. So I know Robert would have a good answer. Not only has he grown up and matured more than me, he's smart enough to impress a guy like Klosterman. And I'm sure he would say something to me like, I would advise your friend to do it. It's very successful for me, but I've now moved on and want to do other things with what remains of my days. And that's fine. Robert Plant would certainly have a good answer to that question. It's, it's not that clever or inventive a question. I'm sure he's been asked some version of it a thousand times or more at this point. And it would be something, like I said, that he's done that in his life, but now he wants to go on and do other things. And I guess I get that, but it's not really a satisfying answer to me. I said I didn't hate Robert Plant, and I don't. But he hates things. He's kind of a hater, and he hates all sorts of things. For instance, Robert Plant hates memoirs, or at least writing them. Maybe he reads them. But he said he won't write a memoir, and he doesn't really have a coherent reason not to. He says something about how, as hippies, they were a challenge to the order. So somehow, I guess, selling stories to publishers somehow violates that hippie-confronting-order thing. I don't know. That didn't really make sense to me. Okay, I'm joking when I say that Plant's a hater, but he doesn't seem to like heavy metal very much, even though he's influenced so much of it. Plant told Chuck Klosterman that metal's absurd, that his boy's trying to be more than what they should be. Conan the Warrior going on tour. He decried Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer and said that song wasn't a good career move if you want to play Bridge Over Troubled Water in your 60s. I suppose that John Bon Jovi will be playing Living on a Prayer in his 60s. He doesn't seem to like Aerosmith very much either, even though Joe Perry was asked by Jimmy Page himself to induct Led Zeppelin when they went into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Joe Perry then asked Steven Tyler to come along, probably for a needed boost of charisma. And when Steven Tyler walked on stage at the beginning of the induction, he started by singing the opening lines of Good Times, Bad Times. Rolling Stone magazine reported that Plant stood stage-side and whispered, you wish, as he listened to Tyler sing. He's gone on to call Aerosmith a pop group that's in love with Jimmy Page, and that's probably somewhat fair on both accounts. He also hates Stairway to Heaven. Okay, I know that's ridiculous. He doesn't hate Stairway to Heaven. But sometimes it seems like he doesn't like it very much. It's well known that Robert Plant insists that Cashmere, all physical graffiti, is the definitive Led Zeppelin song, not the one that's been played more times than any other song in radio history. On the Celebration Day concert honoring Ahmed Erturzian in what will likely be the last Led Zeppelin performance from 2007, it's Cashmere that closes the show. Stairway is buried in the middle. Plant reportedly grew tired of it as early as 1974 and began calling it that wedding song in communications with his friends. He later called it a very English, naive little song and said he doesn't relate to the song anymore. In researching this, I stumbled across this story about KBOO, 
which is a listener-funded radio station in Portland, Oregon. And many years ago, they had a drive where they said if they got $10,000 in donations from their listeners, they'd never play Stairway to Heaven again. That's possible this is some sort of joke because it doesn't appear to be that KBOO was the type of radio station that was playing Stairway to Heaven four times a day anyway. The story goes that Plant happened to be driving in the Oregon area during the promotion, heard it on the radio, pulled over, and called to make the donation himself, all $10,000. He put it on the card of his record company anyway. So Plant's tired of Stairway to Heaven. Maybe he even likes the music, and he said as much, but he seems to be embarrassed by the lyrics and says he can't relate to it anymore. Maybe so. But I don't know if there's anywhere a bit of personal philosophy or a holy book that better puts together that that goal of peace of mind, the inner calm we all look for, than when Robert sings, if you listen very hard, the tune will come to you at last, when all are one and one is all, to be a rock and not to roll. Finally, he seems to hate the idea of a reunion with Led Zeppelin. He won't do it. He's been reasonably consistent about it over the years. In 1982, he stated there was no point because there was no John Bonham. In 1985, a little more amusingly, he said that in a band, everyone gets a vote. As a solo artist, he only has to consider how he feels. Even more amusingly, in 1988, he seemed to strike out against the commercialism that such a reunion would be. He says that it would be indecent for Jimmy Page and him to tour America and have Coca-Cola stuff money up our bums. In 2002, he took a swipe at Jason Bonham, saying that John Bonham's kid isn't as good as John Bonham and that it wouldn't be Led Zeppelin with Jason Bonham in it. In 2003, he said, I really love music. I don't like repetition and tedium. In 2014, he said it would be everything that was wrong with big-time stadium rock, saying, quote, I'm not part of a jukebox. See, this trend, it's kind of picking up that he wants to do what he wants to do. And in 2018, maybe most prolifically, in talking about being in his 70s, Plant said, quote, My time has got to be filled with joy and endeavor and humor and power and absolute self-satisfaction. That's not with Led Zeppelin. And that's that, I suppose. Zeppelin, that is, Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, John Paul Jones, and Jason Bonham, son of John, played the Ahmed Atursian tribute concert on December 10th, 2007, at the O2 Arena in London. Ahmed Atursian was the co-founder and president for many years of Atlantic Records, Zeppelin's at label. That performance was collected on the album Celebration Day, and that's well-titled Celebration Day. They didn't play the song Celebration Day, and maybe it's meant as a celebration of Ahmed or Tersian, but may also be celebrating this performance. It's arguably the best Zeppelin live album. I don't know. Maybe How the West Was Won was better. It probably is. But Celebration Day is really good. They still had it. Ultimately, I just don't get it. I've never been a golden god. And let's be honest, Zeppelin probably still makes millions a year for plant live 30 to 40% of his show is still Zeppelin tunes and they get the biggest ovations. 
He did play a few shows before Celebration Day with the band. None of those really highly regarded. And again, he made a couple albums worth of music with Jimmy Page and a tour or two. But still, how do you just walk away forever? How does Plant walk away from Led Zeppelin, from rock and roll, really? He doesn't play it that much anymore. I mean, he had about 10 years with Led Zeppelin. And now he's had decades as a solo artist. How does he walk away forever from something that he was the best in the world at, from a band that was the best in the world? I suppose in the end, he's just followed his muse. And for that, I don't hate him. I don't love it, but I do respect it. And sometimes I think maybe there's no rock musician I respect more than Robert Plant. One final thought, a coda, if you'll forgive me that. Following the Celebration Day reunion show, Plant emphatically denied he had any plans to tour anywhere with anybody for at least the next couple years. Maybe that was his way of pushing off any reunion talk. Page, Jones, and Jason Bonham, though, began rehearsing to maybe try to do something. They weren't going to call it Led Zeppelin, of course, but at the time they had the fire, and they wanted to see if they could make something of it, go on tour, make a record. We know now they definitely worked out Steven Tyler and Miles Kennedy, Kennedy famous for the band Alter Bridge and also as the singer in Slash's solo project. Still, nothing materialized. I suppose the song just wasn't the same. But John Paul Jones said of Plant in an interview at the time, quote, He really doesn't want to make loud music anymore. We do. I mean, I love acoustic music, but it doesn't stop me from turning something up. Maybe I should have made this first episode about him. Thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, I'm sincerely grateful. I appreciate your time. I want to spend the last couple of minutes here talking a little bit about where I see Well Disguised going. You know, I talked about some of my influences during the show, one of them being Chuck Klosterman, whose Music Exists podcast, which is available on Spotify, is infinitely better than this one. For that matter, so is Digging Deep, Robert Plant's own podcast. I've also been inspired by Stevie Flythe, who has two podcasts, one The Final Score and the other On The Fly. The Final Score is a sports-based podcast. On The Fly is a more entertainment music-style podcast. He's had me on about three times and inspired me to maybe give this a try on my own. The Sea of Tranquility website and specifically Peter Pardue's shows on YouTube have also been a big influence. But really, the other big one is Classic Rock Magazine. I've talked about it a couple times on the show already. It's the best magazine I've ever read. I read every article and review and every issue, and sometimes the music or the band or the topic isn't always something I love. But regardless, I try to find something, and usually do find something that is, to enjoy and learn from it. This isn't going to be as good as Classic Rock Magazine either, but I hope Well Disguised is sort of like that rock magazine, where maybe it's not something you love, maybe it's not something you're into, but each episode will be a little piece of something that you might enjoy. It's not always going to be essays like this plant one. I can't do that every couple weeks. Sometimes I'm just going to want to talk about current news or events in the rock world. Sometimes I want to give thoughts or reviews of music that I love, music that I like, sometimes music I'm not crazy about, but still find interesting. I'm going to be doing this show mostly for me. It's a creative outlet. 
And hopefully there'll be a very small slice of people, at least out there, who are sort of like me and may enjoy it. So I suppose at this point, while I'm not going to push a bunch of social media and that sort of stuff at you, you may be able to find it if you go looking for it because I'm going to have that stuff. But I would ask, like every other good podcaster, if you wouldn't mind subscribing and giving me a great review. If you didn't like the show, maybe still give me a good review, just kind of optimistically that maybe I'll improve. Anything to push it along. Finally, next time on Well Disguised, I'm going to talk about an album. And just to tease it a little bit, I'm pretty sure Robert Plant absolutely hates it. But that'll be next time.